Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. Uh, we've got another special guest, Matthew. The, the very special Anna Bogatskaya. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's so nice to be back. You're back. And I back, feel back. very, very special. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, it's we're trying very hard to be extra nice to the guests this time around because the bunker overlords are horrible to make them, you know, defend the honor of these badly rated movies out there. <laughs> I am here to defend the honor of the great Brendan Fraser any time of the day, any day of the week. The, the last time you were with us, we we did the fantastic uh, National Treasure, was it, with mm-hmm. the, the, the Nick Cageathon, and it's kind yes. of um, it's kind of a similar similar kind of theme in terms of good bad actor is what I want to say. <laughs> good bad actor. <laughs> I still um, have many conversations about how many lemons is too many lemons. Still to this day. That's Do you know what? Thing. I always have so many elements in my house and I always remember you guys because I feel <laughs> secondhand judgment every time I have. Every time you, you know, reach for a pile of um, lemons, you're like, oh, <laughs> man, I always this have, is too many. <laughs> I always have at least 12. Always. That least. is odd. That's a lot of lemons. <laughs> I always felt bad like because I only ever need like singular citrus fruits. <laughs> A lemon, a lime, and if and I'm often forced to buy them in the little netty bag, and mm-hmm. they, then they, I have to bend them. They go hard because <laughs> I never need the one. Anna, do you have the issue? The do you have the problem where you you slice the lemon, you you, you take uh-huh. the, the slice that you need, and then you put the rest of it in the fridge. You'd have to have that later, and it just stay. <laughs> it just stays there, and it just it just condenses and shrivels into a, a kind of piece of modern art. <laughs> no, I'm gonna lie. It has happened. Oh, it good. has happened. But I try to use up the whole lemon every time I cook. I use lemons a lot in cooking. You're the lemon you eater. Cook. <laughs> it's like a lemon meringue pie. Uh, no, like lemon. sauces, like roasts. You can use lemon in everything. Lemon and ginger tea. Oh, lemon yeah, in, nice. in any tea. It's always yeah. nice. That's Dark. why you always have to ha- have to have a lot of lemons around. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> none of this lemon chat. No more citrus Sorry. talk for us. We've got a job to do. Um, Anna, tell us about the, well, tell us the title of the movie that you've chosen to defend the honour of tonight. So I wanted to talk about The Mummy, but it's too good. It's actually perfect. <laughs> so you wouldn't let yeah, me. So no. instead, I picked Bedazzled, the remake of the 1967 film that was released in the year 2000. Elliot Richards needs a life. You're the man, Elliot. It's all about first impression. Go over there and say hello. But most of all, he wants Allison. Hi. Hi. Do I know you? Oh, I sure hope so. We've only been working together for the last four years. I don't think I've ever seen you before. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm here with some friends, and I was wondering if maybe you wanted to... Elliot has never had any of his dreams come true. I would give anything to have that girl in my life. Until now. Hello. <laughs> you're very glib. I bet you're a whiz with the ladies. <laughs> well. Let's go someplace quiet so we can talk. Um, okay. What if I told you that I have the power to give you anything and everything you've always dreamed of? Who are you? Promise not to tell anyone? I'm the devil. You're right. I am the devil. Satan, Lucifer, the prince of darkness. Well, the princess of darkness anyway. Why don't we take a look at the contract? 
I, the devil, with offices in Purgatory Hell in Los Angeles, will give you seven wishes for one piddling little soul. <gasps> Is this real? It could be. Sign it, Elliot. Okay. I wish that I were married to Allison and that I were very, very rich and very powerful. You got it. Muy buenos días, señor. ¿Le apetece algo de comer? Como dices, no hablo español. Un momento. Realmente estoy hablando español. Hola. Mucho gusto. No, gracias. Soy alérgico a los crustáceos. Elliot may have seven wishes. You turned me into a drug dealer. You asked for rich and powerful. But she's not going to give him... Back so soon? A chance in hell. Bedazzled. Nobody gets it totally right right away. That's why you get seven wishes. Besides, do I look like somebody who tried to trick you? And it's a cracker, isn't it? I mean, when we were sort of banding around movies to do because i think originally it was kind of a zorro was zorro 2 was what oh, we wanted yeah. to look at so i go through phases because i was really into revisiting all of antonio banderas's canon so i really wanted to talk about zorro but again that film is perfect so you wouldn't let me and then it became brendan fraser and you let me talk about the mummy so it had to be bedazzled <laughs> yeah it's got to stick to the remit we have a remit here <laughs> Um, but when you when you told me about uh, Bedazzle, thought this cannot be, this cannot mm. be a poorly a poorly rated movie, and it is. I'll just it do is. the let's do the admin because uh, Bedazzled on IMDb is a, is six out of ten, which is mm-hmm. fairly respectable. And we all know that uh, IMDb is a little bit more forgiving on on turkeys than than kind of the big bad Rotten Tomatoes because on Rotten Tomatoes it's fifty percent, which is a, a genuine splatter. Mm-hmm. But, more worryingly, it has a 42% audience score. So usually you have a little bit of a, a seesaw thing with that, but it's quite flat both both ways. Why do you think mm-hmm. that is? Um, people are mean. <laughs> That's mainly it. That's my thesis. People are mean. And frankly, people did not deserve Brendan Fraser at his peak. It's weird because I don't really understand why this movie has got the panage that it has but let's let's talk about the cast that is, is we can't really go any further without talking about the, the, the fantastic cast that are in the movie um i've lost matt where's matt gone oh if you've lost matt can i just pause for a second i've yeah. got to um take something out of the oven <laughs> <laughs> i'm back another lemon meringue pie out the oven <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the pile. <laughs> I'm actually making a delicious tahini sauce that needs the full lemon. Oh, it does wow. then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're rebranding this as the recipe bunker. <laughs> no, it's going to be lemons with Anna. This yeah, is yeah. The recipes involve lemons bunker. It's very niche. Um, okay, right. I was going to talk about the cast. The cast is is pretty stellar. If you look at movies made in the year 2000, it's got some real pedigree there. The, the, the lady who does not age, Elizabeth Hurley, plays, oh, the, yes. <laughs> plays the devil. And um, we get some other cast members here that I've seen in, in lots of movies. I uh, Evolution and sort of the Ghostbusters type uh, movies mm-hmm. of the time. So you've got Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hurley, as I said, Frances O'Connor, who plays the love interest at Allison. Yeah. And Miriam Shaw, Orlando Jones, as I just sort of mm-hmm. mentioned, and Paul uh edelstein or the notable ones i can i can pick out Mm -hmm. from this but yeah it's a pretty decent cast isn't it yeah it's pretty um 
of the time. Um, the supporting cast is really, really excellent. Orlando Jones is always a pleasure to see him in anything. And Elizabeth Hurley is just, well, I mean, she's kind of being Elizabeth Hurley, isn't she? But she's such a good devil, though. She just Can we talk talked- about the fact that she hasn't aged like this is insanity like normally Maybe she is the actual devil but this is like, my thinking <laughs> did she sell her soul did she make some wishes because she looks no different it's freaky yeah like, she looks amazing today yeah. and in the year 2000 <laughs> yeah, who can say that if we talk about you know you know the, the kind of tone of this movie mm. and and the directorial style it all, it all all really comes across obviously because of the director Harold Ramis yeah. and um adding that kind of that kind of just sheen and that sparkle to just this the way this feels none of this adds up does it mm-hmm. so far right you got Harold Ramis you got Brendan Fraser and you've got a certified splat on Rotten Tomatoes it's just what what went wrong why is it like that I will admit, I totally had forgotten that Harold Ramis had directed this. So when his name came up in the credits, I was pleasantly surprised because I, I just remember this as a as the Liz Hurley Devil movie slash Brendan Fraser. That's what yeah. I remember of the film. And obviously, I'm a big fan of Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. So I loved the original film that they wrote and starred in from the 60s which I saw because of this film. So actually this film is responsible for me discovering the work of Dudley Moore and Peter Cook. Wow. Ah, And for that alone, we could just end this podcast now and say, well, there you go. Send it out just in case, just in case it sends someone else down the road to Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. So they've got um, writing credits on this film, but did they actually write it or is it just because of the 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 fact that it's a remake and they're kind of... No, it's because it's based on their their film. Um, In fact, I believe they had already passed by the time this film was made so they did not would have been tricky to write for it then (laughs) (laughs) unless that devil thing really is it's like oh god we need some writers quick it's it's the original and i've not seen it but is it Mm. obviously tonally it's gonna be very different so i'm I'm guessing Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a bit more swearier i mean is it is it sort of proper it's uh, honestly it's a genius comedy i think the original bedazzled but it's very very different i mean namely the gender swapped the devil so the devil here is you know liz hurley but in the 60s film it's peter cook and it's that kind of very deadpan comedy style that he had it's very based on wordplay whether it's here you know it's very on the nose kind of tongue-in-cheek slightly um like a lot of puns and sex jokes and a lot of fashion and red leather and all that shit that she's wearing so it's very much based around her being kind of part of the joke the fact that she is a a woman the fact that she sort of you know switches wardrobes every 30 seconds she has like five wardrobe changes in a single scene and she's kind of a wooden actress she's got a great kind of on-screen persona and stuff but she's essentially playing into what we at that time people thought of Liz Hurley you know she's kind of a not really an actress she's more of a a personality so it's tapping into that whether it's Peter Cook and Dudley Moore were kind of you know they had collaborated they were long-term collaborators creative collaborators and creative partners and stuff so they were the relationship between them on screen is very unique to them so you kind of go to see them play off of each other, whereas you don't go here to see Brendan Fraser and Liz Hurley play off of each other. I think that's a good point in terms of Liz Hurley's acting style. 
and it's very similar to the to the um, Austin Powers. That's very, that's very generous. <laughs> that's very generous. Acting <laughs> um, and style in the same sentence as well. Listen, I love Liz Hurley, but she is no Kate Blanchett. No, no, but she, she does d- deliver the lines with just that that plummy. Mm. That, that plummy way and yeah the, the the dialogue is i guess one of the main issues one of the kind of the main issues for me in terms of you know the the plot is that we don't get a lot of variation in terms of the joke and so we get the you know, the plot synopsis is that he sells his his, his soul to the devil with mm-hmm. six wishes and there to to be with the love of his life although she's not interested in him and he's a he's mm-hmm. a geeky guy uh, an introvert who's struggling to connect with with people on, on any level and so she she does kind of that kind of deadpan delivery and that kind of dryness very well and i think it would be difficult to think of anybody else in that role who would mm. that would fit the time so it's for me it's perfect casting it's a bit like weird science in a way as well it's kind of like that that mystical oh yeah female femme fatale and i think one thing to say for liz hurley is that she is you know so unafraid of being funny like she goes for it when she she does all the physical comedy she plays with her with the image of her and she plays around physically as well she i think she's got great kind of physical comedic chops similarly to brendan fraser as well like they're both you know it's not it's it's you know stating the obvious but they're both really hot people and they both feel totally comfortable just making fun of their own over-the-top attractiveness yeah I was going to ask you a question about um, Prince and Fraser. Is he on his way out by this movie or is he kind of still riding the wave? Okay, so I might have thought a little bit too much about this, but I think this is like the second phase of his career. And this is where he's sort of shifting from his persona and his career in the 90s, which was very much like himbo-ish. He's king himbo and at the same time, occasionally with The Mummy, which was just released a year before this, is also kind of a, an action star, but quite a, a family-friendly, unthreatening action star. He's not like an like a Sylvester Stallone. He's not in Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like a version, like a more PG-friendly Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. And this kind of begins his transition into more of a family-oriented star, right? This is sort of sort of but not quite raunchy like it's cheeky but it's not a raunchy comedy even though there's quite a lot of sex jokes in there but then he he kind of started starring in more action adventure films more family-friendly films all the mummy uh, sequels which you know pale in comparison to the 1999 one but I think that's kind of the beginning this film is the beginning of that second phase in his career because he's kind of leaning more into the PG friendliness and more into the physical comediness that is not so much tapping into his himbo persona which I have a lot of love for because if you look at all of his work in the 90s it's basically kind of playing off this um, himbo trope which he does so 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 well yeah and it's kind of similar to Kenny Reeves in that sense right so you know going from what everyone thought he was to Mm. them being an action kind of star and surprisingly working at it do you know what i mean it was like I remember first seeing the mummy and it was like oh you know he's really good in this and i did mm. fully expect him to to suck because of all the previous films where he kind of just looks for excuse to take his shirt off and run around a little bit um <laughs> so yeah it was i'm sorry what's the problem with that <laughs> nothing at all um, i don't i don't i don't see any issue here yeah <laughs> he's he's um <laughs> 
it's devotion to that sort of goofy um slapsticky kind of humor is is is, mm. is very commendable but even in this right you, you see kind of his weird facial range we talked about um uh matt dylan in the previous podcast where we were looking at capone and how mm-hmm. i can't shake him i can't shake his character from something about mary and yeah. anything he's done since because he's just got that <laughs> face and he, yeah. he, you know he, it's now stuck that goofy face is stuck to him <laughs> whereas yeah. even in this film like Brendan Fraser goes from goofy to mm-hmm. like quite menacing at the end in certain scenes and stuff and it's just utterly believable the way he's- yeah he's got like that that weird ability to really um present himself as a as a kind of as a loser on screen but really switch when he needs to so that's the yeah. whole journey of his character Elliot right is that he begins as a kind of very socially awkward deeply desperate deeply lonely character and through all of these you know adventures let's call them with the devil and these you know these variations of the things that he thinks that he wants he realizes that he doesn't really need those things and he just needs to stand up to, to himself a little bit more even the way that he looks at his love interest um allison allison who's played by Frances o'connor that you mentioned before like it's quite creepy at the start it's real <laughs> creepy yeah it is <laughs> and i there would I certainly be some that. hr letters knocking around about him right there would yeah. be, there's no way to be able to get with this like, like that um, scene in the bar where he's like reciting every single lunch order that she's had or you know just obsessing over just watching her like it's full-on creepy insulty behavior right but towards the end actually when he finally asks her out and this is you know what a beautiful journey for a man to realize that a woman (laughs) can say no and he should just be fine with that um where he kind of you know asks her out and she very nicely kind of turns him down and he's like oh okay well you know if you ever want to then you know i'm interested and it's just a beautiful scene and he actually doesn't get his love interest that the whole movie has been setting up for us because well he doesn't actually know her and i i worried when i was rewatching this last night that maybe it was gonna go in a weird creepy direction and i just had not <laughs> remembered it and actually it didn't and yeah. that was uh that was a relief i'm not sure if i fully get the arc though to be fair like if those series of incidents meeting the devil and everything else probably would have driven me insane rather than maybe as a more confident man I feel <laughs> I'm not sure I would have had the same reaction to this journey of basically being gaslit by the devil for <laughs> days and then go well, actually now I'm a, well, I, I can dress better now I'm fine I'm good I mean he the fact that his main take well not his main takeaway but one of his main takeaways of you know getting confirmation that heaven and hell exist that there is a god and there is a devil and that you know there is a whole layer to humanity and the afterlife that he has gotten first-hand confirmation from and his main takeaway is i'm gonna stand up to the office bullies and i'm gonna get a better jacket and i'm gonna (laughs) ask a girl out yeah no metaphysical questions for elliot richards (laughs) just better wardrobe and also can we just appreciate the fact that liz hurley's devil is a fundamentally such a troll like all she does is troll poor elliot everything that he wishes for even when he's trying to be so specific she finds a way to make it a trolly like experience for him yeah yeah the best one definitely has to be the fact that she gives him a tiny penis uh, as, <laughs> as revenge for one of the things is like the fact that he was like clearly 
very stupid. Yeah, um, that wasn't the issue. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he had a tiny penis is the it was the deal breaker for him. I mean, the fact that he couldn't even remember the numbers anymore. This is how stupid he had become. He had he all the little post-its with little you know, notes, six, six, yeah. six. And then he has it upside down, and he's like. But his takeaway from that is like uh, that was almost perfect, <laughs> apart from the fact I had a tiny penis. I, mean, I love times... the fact that in that in that fantasy, um, he every time he punched in the wrong numbers into the little devil pager. By the way, let's appreciate a pager. Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, but he would just grunt. He'd be like, five, five, five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved the sweating when he was talking to the reporter uh the news anchor at the end he's just they've just rigged this little kind of water pipe up his forehead and he's spurting water sweat out everywhere That's yeah one of, the, one of the best again maybe a deal breaker for most people but no <laughs> no no this is fine i could work with this another good scene and showing kind of brendan's full-on goofiness and commitment to the role the other one i really loved was the the character where um he's just very devoted and very uh in touch the sensitive guy yes one. Oh, the the ginger. Guy. <laughs> that's me i mean that's me i just feel i saw i felt so seen uh yeah because i've written a couple of songs about dolphins i don't know if you wanted to hear them <laughs> that whole I, felt, I felt stereotyped uh that's what oh, I i'm sorry i too just want uh you know a man who will ignore me and leave me in red <laughs> That's also they got a hobby wrong because they put a ginger man on the beach who appreciated sunshine. <laughs> That's just never gonna fucking happen. I just wanted to ask you a question about mm. uh, Brendan again, going back to the good Brendan. Um, what what do you think's? I know he's been in some TV series and stuff, but what do you think he needs to kind of uh, get back on track? Well, he's been cast in the new Darren Aronofsky film. So I think a Fraser Sons is around the corner. And also, we're recording it. We're recording this on the day that he was trending worldwide worldwide on Twitter. And Twitter is just awash with people, just like me, appreciating (laughs) the work of Brendan Fraser, appreciating respectfully. Just waiting for your moment. Just all secretly kind of hashtagging each other. Today's the day he's trending. I have been waiting for this moment <laughs> since 2006. <laughs> Make him trend. Go. He was in quite a few um, TV things recently. He was in The Affair. He was in Trust. Um, like he's done quite a lot of TV stuff. And uh, I don't. I haven't seen it. I'm not even sure if it's out. But he did do a series called Professionals. Uh, which I've kind of seen talked about, but I haven't seen myself. But, you know, his his heyday, because I think he was such a physical actor in his heyday, mm. both in terms of just his comedic work, how he's a very physical uh, performer, and in terms of all of the action stuff. And he's actually spoken about this in interviews. There's an amazing interview with him uh, from a few years ago where he was, you know, on his ranch and in his family home and kind of talking about his career and also how he, uh, you know, kind of slowed down and he talked about the physical toll that all of that work took like he was literally kind of like 
falling apart mm. as a person physically because of all of the strain of doing these back-to-back -back super intense productions, really physically demanding productions. So I think who he is as an actor and what he's able to do has also shifted because of that. And, you know, he's going into darker, more dramatic roles and, you know, good for him. He was always a, a good dramatic actor. Like his role in Gods and Monsters is amazing. You know, he did do that alongside other stuff, but he just became more well known for his physical comedy and for the action stuff. But he, you know, and that's the thing that made him a star. But you know, now that that's kind of done with, um, he's leaning more into the drama and... I think he's, you know, he's one of those actors who was very beloved, very well known for a long time, and then sort of didn't quite find that massive headline success in mm. his later years. But it doesn't mean I think he's ripe for people not just kind of really appreciating his comedic prowess and also him as an action star, but also, you know, now maybe. Now that he's not kind of, you know, this is this, I'm not saying this with any kind of meanness at all, but now that he's not sort of burdened by his looks, which can be a burden for a performer, right? Mm. He can kind of, you know, break out and do more interesting roles, perhaps. Matt, have you got any notes? Did you make any sort of random observations like you usually do? Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I was just too busy enjoying it this time around. It's um, the, the, the only note I've got is it is really fucking surprising that this is on our podcast and it was able and allowed to go in yeah this is the most surprising film since blade uh that is wow. actually been allowed in our podcast because of the rating of it so yeah yeah i i'm a, i i completely agree it's it's easy to write notes on stuff when there's lots of stuff to pick out uh, of these mm. movies that we do but this one i've just got lots of good stuff and uh, lots of praise yeah. i mean some of the things i noticed you know it does take its time with the story i know we said you know the editing's a bit slow in places um mm. it's not as it shows its age in terms of the pacing i, mean, I think nowadays this would be a, a really yeah. quick you know a gag a second type thing but it it takes its time and i think that's quite nice and it's it's short as well as well it's 90 minutes or thereabouts so it's an easy mm -hmm. it's an easy watch I did like the uh, the foreboding of the shit CGI in the last scene because <laughs> like oh, yeah. Liz Hurley and uh, Brendan Fraser stood in the office, clearly not in the office anymore. And, you know, oh, in a minute, there's going to be some large special effect because <laughs> they haven't quite cut them out properly in Photoshop and put them on their backgrounds yet. Um, yeah. And then she just spins in, she goes full big devil, tries to stick him with a massive fork. Yeah, that was a great, it's still a great scene though. It still sort of harks back to some of the, you know, the 80s monster flicks and, you know, the fantasy stuff. It's, you know, it's it still holds up to me. You can really forgive bad CGI these days, I think, if you just enjoy the story. Also, there's a great little visual callback to Peter Cook's Devil from the original Bedazzled when they're on the bus on their way to the McDonald's to buy a Big Mac and a Coke. And Liz Hurley wears these kind of um, tiny red sunglasses that are kind of shaped like, I don't know what the name, like hexagons or something like that. Like they've yeah. got a weird shape. Those are the, the, I think almost exactly, if not exactly the same type of little sunglasses that Peter Cook was wearing when he played the devil in Bedazzled. And her oh. two dogs on the beach called <laughs> Peter and Dudley. Oh, right. Oh. Yes. Wow. Like, yeah, that's such a <laughs> <cute> one. <laughs> that's good. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Matt, I think it, I think it's as we've already touched on earlier on. I think this is a complete travesty that this would be uh, have the have the rating that it has uh, and be something that anyone would want to defend the honour of because it's a bloody yeah. Bear in mind, we've kind of just spent the last thirty minutes just recounting bits of the film that we liked rather than going mm. this was terrible. The, the, you know, the worst thing about it is. Liz Hurley's a little bit wooden, but it plays out perfectly for her in this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a massive fan of the super sweet ending. I think um, had they just left it with him, you know, learning and growing and appreciating that he didn't know this woman, so he shouldn't be kind of you know, wasting his life and wishes trying to get her, rather than <laughs> generating some weird clone uh, that also likes speakers to move in next to him. <laughs> um, in, yeah. Uh, that that felt very much like a test audience kind of result kind of thing. Oh, I wish it ended a bit happier. And then, then they end up with that. But apart from that, it's, it's nothing wrong with it. I'd watch yeah. it again. I like the caperness of it. And I like the, you know, just it's varied. It's funny. And yeah, there's, there's a lot going for Brendan. And also Fraser. it's like a gateway drug, right? If you go, if you go from this and then discover Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and their early work and their films and, then if, if that if this is the gateway drug to those sort of things, then it needs to be out there just in case it traps someone else into a yeah, lifelong. Definitely. <laughs> well, Such a lifelong Fraser appreciation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we did really well. Thanks, Anna. We did an excellent job tonight <laughs> in getting Brendan Fraser trending with all our tweets all night long whilst we've been recording. <laughs> yes, um, it was we us. We did it. Um, just us. <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, thanks so much, Anna, for coming on the show again and, and defending the honour, though you didn't have to, of this is a fantastic movie, Bedazzled. And, uh, Two great films again, right? Yeah. I mean, National Treasure and now this. So. Yeah. So you're just op opening our eyes. 53rd to third album, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next time we can do Blade, Blade um, Trinity, because I, I have gone okay. back on that film <laughs> and now I appreciate it in a whole different way. Oh. <laughs> Well, this, this movie is going out of the bunker. It's going up the pipe, as it always does. Pop, there it goes. That's, that's the worst pop sound effects I've, that I've done so far. But it's no, it, pop, it wasn't a sound effect. You just said the word pop. pop. <laughs> there it goes. But it's landing on the DVD shelves of all the, the masses now, and everyone's going to sit back and enjoy uh, Brendan Fraser at his kind of almost best. Um, yes. That's great. Anna, thanks so much again. What, where can we find you online and, and Twitter and things? Oh, it's it's always a pleasure, and you know, next time I'll I'll definitely have at least twenty four lemons in my house. <laughs> I can tell you about it. Oh, it's the lemon um, update. <laughs> yeah, it's a new segment. You can just dial me in, and I can tell exactly how many lemons I have in it's my like house. It's like a live feed podcast. And over to Anna. Anna, where's the lemons? <laughs> we have twenty three lemons today. Twenty. Right. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the lemon update <laughs> <laughs> just need the jingle <laughs> and it will the jingle will just be the noise of a lemon being squeezed when, when i was doing that as well i actually was putting my finger in my ear like completely <laughs> wasted in podcast land but i was selling it to myself <laughs> looking looking off camera putting my finger in my ear to talk to the roving reporter Anna and the lemons. <laughs> <laughs> Drive, driving around in a lemon-shaped car. <laughs> Get out of my way. I've got you know lemons. <laughs> now that you mention it, I'm sensing a bit of a theme because I do have a lemon print dress and lemon print <laughs> socks. <laughs> I, I hope you know if you're wearing them as well, as talking about lemons, this is I think you're obsessed. No, but I, I will I will for the segment. Not no, now. No. I think you, I think Anna, you need lemon aid. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, shit. No, if there's a reason for a cut, that's one. <laughs> oh, that's the end of that segment. A segment. Oh, those so, oranges, isn't it? Sorry. Um... <laughs> so I am on Twitter at Anna Be Demented, and I'm on Instagram at Happy Halibut. And I usually, well, I very often forget to tweet about the things that I do. So occasionally I remember to tweet about the things that I do and podcasts that I record and writing that I put out. So it's all going to be on one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks again. We look forward to speaking to you soon about Blade. It's definitely on, so we'll be in touch. Amazing. And I will, yeah, I'll update you about my lemon situation. Then. <laughs> <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye.